skincare, it's a $180 billion industry. Wrap your mind around that for a little bit. Most makeup artists have never been through a proper aesthetics program. Some have, but there are so many products being thrown at us left and right every single day. How are we supposed to figure it all out? My next guest is an established esthetician, a working mom, and an educator. She shares her insights on prep, on things to look out for, things to have in your kit, and how she balances it all. Welcome to Makeup is the Foundation. Please welcome my special guest, Vivian Winter. Hi, Vivian. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm so happy you're joining us, guys. If you if you don't know, Vivian Winter can be found on all social media channels at Vivian V I V I A N W Y N T E R. She's a makeup artist. She's an esthetician. She's an educator. She's a busy mom, and I'm so happy you're with us. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me, Erica. You're so welcome. You know, I really want to get into it because guys out there that are, um, you know, that are newer makeup artists or even people that have been in the industry for a while that are not estheticians, that have not studied the beauty of skin, the science of skin and everything that comes with it, they need to know a few things. And I wanted to just kind of get your overview of your career to start off. Where did you begin um, doing makeup and aesthetics? Um, so I live in the DMV region, so I've been doing makeup and aesthetics in this area for about 16 years, and this is actually where I got my start. I moved here shortly after high school with my family from the South, um, and then I just kind of dove right into aesthetic school. Um, I really was more focused on color, to be honest, um, and uh, as probably a lot of you guys out there, a lot of your audience, I was toying with the idea of wanting to know a little bit more, like really wanting to figure out how do we prep the skin, like how do I address like skin color and choosing color when I don't even know like their skin type, their tone, their features any of that kind of stuff um and so I was looking and searching for kind of a way to understand foundational portions of makeup and I just kept going back to skin and really that's where it starts so I, I made the decision to kind of kind of buckle down and study a little bit longer I studied in aesthetics first for a year and a half and then I did the makeup course so um I came out with both but I, I was happy that I was able to do both but now I do realize in the market um that there's a lot of makeup artists that make couple tips maybe they don't want to be a full-on esthetician or maybe they are you know are just like me where they're toying with the idea and they're just scared to take that step but really like just knowing that a little bit of foundation of skin is helpful for anybody at any point in their career whoever they work with totally and you know a lot of us especially people that do you know what we call like civilian clients or pedestrian clients or people that are not supermodels that don't have this beautiful skin canvas to start with you know, as a bridal artist myself, I, you know, you walk into something with a million variables. You don't know what you're going to get a lot of the time outside of the bride who hopefully you've met with before. And, you know, a lot of these bridesmaids don't take care of their skin or suddenly they've gotten waxed and they didn't tell you or they've got all these different problems. So for for skincare prep, I know you have kind of a, a, a some tips, like a quick three ingredient or a three-step tip that you wanted to share. Yeah, totally. I just, um, so basically you want to carry like three things in your kit, or even if you're not doing professional makeup, just carry three things to help do your friend's makeup or your makeup on the go. If you don't um, transition, excuse me, out of the professional realm of, of makeup artistry, but really it's ex important to maybe have an exfoliant, something like a, a light peel pad. Now, when I say peel pad, I know that that can be scary, but just know that the peel pad and the acid levels that are on the market truly aren't enough to go past the dermal layer. So they're not going to affect the skin in an adverse way. They're more of like a, um, 
quick fix for that evening or if you use it with continued use over time, you will see results. So they're not anything that you have to feel like you have to carry um, sort of some sort of contract or some sort of um, you know, written legal statement for your for your um, client to be able to for you to use it on them. If that makes you feel comfortable, that's fine. But just a, a good peel pad that's on the market. Um, you can go into any of your main stores and get them. Department stores, the standalone beauty retailers, they all have them, and they all are at different price points. The main thing to look for is something that has acid above twenty percent. Most of them on the market will be fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. You'll at the most, I, I think I've seen maybe thirty percent. And not to get more specific, but just know. The higher the percent, the more effective it is. But you want to stay in a comfortable level where you feel comfortable administering to clients. So 20 to 30 is really best, but you still want it to work. Okay? Now, here's my question. So for that, now, if I have a client, let's say that, you know, I'm going to start the con- consultation and, and they say, you know, I have sensitive skin. I, I don't know if this is going to be too much for me. Is there some sort of like test that you can do before you use the whole peel pad? Like, do we do it on the neck or the inside of the arm or something where, you know, I don't want them to pink up too much? Totally. Yeah, and totally. And just so you know, when they say stuff like that, I won't even do it most of the time. Unless I do that test and I see that it works and I'll say, okay. And a lot of times people with sensitive skin, um, very few people have sensitive skin. Most people have sensitized with a ZED. That really means like their skin is reacting adversely to products that they've chosen that have, that have been harsh or products that just the skin, their skin just doesn't like um, flat out. Um, so a lot of times you'll find that people with sensitive skin, they're more sensitive because of the things that they've chosen, right? Um, if we're truly oh, that's talking a good about tip. breaking out, mm-hmm, if you're truly talking about breaking out, most people won't do it. And if it happens, a good thing for you as a professional is it's going to show right away. It's going to show up within the first five minutes. So we can use the inside of the arm, that thin skin on the forearm, not the wrist, not the elbow, right in the middle, y'all. And that's really a good place because that's where blood flows very quickly and very um, lushly, if you will. That's where the skin is thin, so you can see, you can feel, you can touch, you can you can um, sort of see the, see the way that the skin is reacting to the product. So while she's talking, you say, okay, great, you know, wonderful. I totally understand if it's okay with you. I just want to do a quick test right on the inside of your arm while we just chat to get to know each other. Her defense wall comes down. Put the, put the swipe on the arm. You guys start to talk about something else, maybe her favorite colors, maybe the look that you're going for that time. Look down at her arm. If you see something, don't use it. If you don't, good to go. Like I said, it'll happen within the first five minutes. That's a really good tip because I think a lot of people are, are intimidated by carrying something like a, um, a peel pad or something that is exfoliating. And even if someone has, you know, either um, like mild acneic skin or if they've got some you know dry kind of you know the gravel that you see of the gravel skin leftovers yeah totally <laughs> okay so we we got that tip down now what's the second thing that you would do so then I would carry two moisturizers on me um so once we've exfoliated the skin and once we've gotten fresh skin and we don't have any texture on the skin so to speak um and we don't you know we don't really we can't really see dehydration or anything which I know you said we'll get to later you want to carry a gel and you want to carry a cream Okay, gel is going to address um, water-based hydration. So that's your oily skin, girl. That's the, I walk outside and I look at the sun and my face turns greasy. You know, that's her, right? Um, and a, a lot of clients have oily skin. You will run across that. It is very, very important for everyone to get hydration in their skin, but people with oily skin need water. People with dry need cream, okay? Oh, um, makes sense. Yeah, so... That's why if we do cream on oily, it's too much. If we do water on dry, it's not enough. So we really have to speak the language, you know, love language. Do the same for your skin. Speak the love language of your skin and it'll always be happy with you. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, if someone's got kind of a combo, 
a little uh-huh, bit of dry here and oily perfect. over here. Do you just use them both? Yeah, actually cocktail it. So let's say they're oily on their nose and they're dry on their cheek or they're dry on their forehead or chin, then I'll spot treat it there. Another thing you can do, which is really um, helpful, if they're just nor- if they're combo all over, you know, let's say they don't have specific places where they're combo or where they're oily or dry, they're all over from combo. What you can do is take a little dollop of the cream and a little dollop of the gel and mix it together. Now, if we're going and we talk about mixing a water with a cream, we're probably going to get a lotion, right? right? That's where you see those lotions on the market. That's made specifically for the girl in the middle. She's neither dry, she's neither oily, but she needs something. And we're going to have to mix both of them to address her needs. Now, when you're okay. in an area, like I know you live um, on the East Coast and um, you, you've worked in the South and I grew up in the Midwest. And sometimes, you know, with the humid weather where you just walk outside and you feel like you're in a steam bath, do we have to change <laughs> our, our moisturizers at this point? Because I feel like, oh my gosh, am I going to put too much hydration? Is she going to sweat it off and things going to run down her face? I get a little confused <laughs> there. Got you. Yeah, totally. So if she has dry skin, if she's in the most humid weather, her skin is going to do nothing but love it. If she's got oily skin, that's where her skin is going to hate it. So remember, oily skin is going to get gel. So we want to speak more than anything to her skin type. Now, if she's a dry skin and she goes out and she feels balmy, then she wasn't truly a dry skin client. She was maybe dehydrated, but her skin type is oily. Oh, totally makes sense. Okay. So now... So always speak of her skin type, no matter okay, what. Okay, so we have our exfoliating peel pads or something to exfoliate the skin, uh, a gel and a cream for hydration, and then what's your third? That was really it. Oh, that cool. Okay, yeah, one, two, three. Minute. Awesome. Yeah, now, what about yeah, eye creams? Totally because eye creams and lip hydration are something I'm I'm kind of addicted to lip balms. I like If I see mm-hmm. one and I have not tried it, I'm going to buy it, and, and I am kind of like – you know, a hoarder a little bit when it comes to lip balm. That's the only thing I, I'm like, oh, I have to have a lip balm. I have it by my bed, in my car, by my keys, everywhere in the house. So what do you Love recommend it. for like lip balm hydration, um, how to exfoliate those dry, crusty lips that all these girls show up with and you're like, oh, not enough time. What do you do? Totally. Yeah. So for, um, for dry lips, actually use the peel pad on the lips as well. Like traditionally for dry lips, you want to use, you know, a physical scrub, but since we're neither the time nor the place for a physical scrub, we're going to have to work with what we got, which is the exfoliate. So we're going to rub that baby all over the lips. After that, I like to carry like a little jar. You can get them from a beauty supply store. Even small towns have beauty supply stores. They're just like shea butter or some sort of nut butter that's very hydrating. Um, the other thing that I've also done is I carry like a little spray bottle, like Dollar Tree or CVS or whatever, um, spray bottle full of olive oil. And I just put olive oil as well on a Q-tip and I just kind of put that on and then put the nut butter on top. Go ahead and prep the skin, start the makeup. By the time I work my way down the lips, they are like smooth and ready to go. Now for guys, because I know I was, when I was just doing, um, my recent episode, I, I said a lot of men get ignored when it comes to like special events and, and you know, weddings and stuff like that. Um, I can do the same on guys, I assume with, because a lot of guys don't have the smoothest of lips. Right. Yeah, totally. Same thing. And especially with their skin too, they have thicker skin and they tend to have a lot more texture than women have on their, like in terms of their skin. So exfoliation is really their best friend. So if you do any male grooming or you do any like sportscasters or any of those guys on TV that are constantly being filmed, make sure you definitely exfoliate their skin. In fact, you can double exfoliate them. So you can go one time with a pad, talk about something, go back around with the pad, come back with your moisturizer and start whatever powder or whatever matte um, prep you're going to do. Now, do you have any recommended product like brands for guys, um, lip balms that aren't shiny that end up matte? 
Hmm, I actually like Burt's Bees. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know if people are into like the wax based ones, but the wax based ones are the only ones that don't have a shine. So like they're perfect because into it to a fault almost because if we're like for me, like someone who's a woman who I, I can do both, but sometimes I want a little shine, a little finished look. They don't have that. So if that's what you're looking for, make sure you go with another brand. But if you're looking for something with no shine, just hydration, that's the Burt's That's Bees. great to know. So wax based um, with, with no shine, because I know a lot of guys, you know, especially, you know, guys that are used to having makeup on, like you said, a sportscaster, newscaster, they, they're not really going to, you know, really trip on that if you start putting makeup on them because they're used to it. But a guy that's getting ready to, you know, say I do, they'll be like, oh, wait, I have to wear this. What What is it? I don't want to look like. <laughs> or just go to their company. Go to their company holiday party. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, you know, quote unquote regular guys have things that they need to dress up for a little bit more than normal. And it might call for a little swipe of an exfoliating pad, you know? I mean, it might be something simple. Right. <laughs> so when it comes to um, some advice, now a lot of, this is what I read online all the time. Someone will write into a group and say, oh, when I got to the wedding, the bride had waxed her brows the day before, or she got one facial mm-hmm. two days before. The makeup's mm-hmm. not sticking. She's having a reaction. So, you know, I, of course, mm-hmm. always tell my brides in advance, look, you need, to, if you're going to do facials, here's the timeline. If you're going to have a wax, mm-hmm. which I recommend threading or tweezing, but if you have to have a wax, this is how, you right. know, as soon as you can do it, because otherwise things aren't going to stick. Do you have kind of a, a simple plan or a simple outline you could, you could offer to our listeners of what you would say to have their you know tell their clients this is the order of things in order to be prepped. oh yeah okay. totally totally okay great so like we're talking about facials it's a special event that's wonderful so we'll get the date let's say the date for simplicity's sake is december 1st then let's have our um facial you know maybe ideally you would want to get a facial every season if you're not the type to get a facial every season get a facial one time for that event get a facial no because you also want it to be also in a short time frame where it still works though so it's a very slight it's almost like driving a stick chip where it's like a <laughs> yes. off, you know where it's like you don't want it to be too close but you don't want it to be too far either i would say no no more than two weeks out and no less than 72 hours i mean 72 hours with somebody with thick skin that never breaks out to anything that has no adverse reaction to anything that would be the general rule that's Great information because I think um, that that's the one thing that always happens is people oh they got their wa- their lip wax nothing's sticking now I always love the um, makeup forever full coverage concealers it was made for people that have had you know burns and scars and things will actually stick to it now do you have a, a product that you like if somebody happened to do that and you need the makeup to stick do you go with a wax based um, yeah, totally. I definitely do go with the wax based foundation. But even before that, I tap a little bit of the translucent powder, just like any the Bim Nye, even maybe the Laura Mercier, the translucent though, not the one that's like yellow or whatever. Because that on deep girls, that won't be you know translucent. Right, right, right. But just keep my finger, nothing much. Take my fourth finger a little bit and just tap it. Then I'll just kind of like dust a little bit away with a big powder brush. But I barely touch it because I still want it to be there. Because remember, we need to create traction on the skin, so we gotta first like kind of have a layer of like light powder. Then we can go in a bit with that um, full coverage concealer. You can then set that full coverage concealer again um, with the powder. I, I'm not a powder girl, so when I don't have to use powder, I don't. I think if you take care of the skin and then use, um, you know, products that the skin likes, you don't typically need to use powders and primers all that much. Um, but for things like that, yes. So in that case, we want to make sure, again, we're doing a, the powder to make sure we're creating traction, the full coverage to take care of the color. And if it's, um, if the Makeup Forever one, if you don't need to set it, then great. If it has like a nice, like, satin look to the skin, that's awesome. Yeah. But if you do need to set it, then make sure, you know, you do the a little bit more of the powder. That's a great tip. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, one of the things that I always 
it drives me crazy when I am attending a wedding or if I'm not the one offering the services is that some artists just do the face and they don't address the, you know, the clavicle bone. They don't address the decolletage, the, the arms, the legs. I'm a head to toe person. So I want to see anything that's being photographed. I need to address. So when it comes yeah. to like body lotions and maybe exfoliating ashy elbows or making sure the cuticles look great for those, you know, ring photos. Um, what do you like to use and how do you like to do it in what order? Um, so I like to definitely put like um, oils on to prime the skin. So I'll use like, like I said, that olive oil spray that I carry with me. I'll use that on the cuticles as well. I'll make sure I use the oil first before I put body lotion on. So I'll give them a quick spray and rub down or let them do it themselves if they want. And um, do a little bit of um, like nut butter is really good because it doesn't like get um, sticky and it stays so hydrated. The skin loves it. So unless you have an adverse reaction, most people don't. You can just get a simple shea butter. They don't have any scent to them. Some of them do. The more luxurious and popular ones do. But really what you're looking for is that formula because they're really hydrating. So um, I would say doing some kind of oil before you do lotion, always. And if you're going to do your makeup, then do, um, or if they have dry skin, do oil, then lotion, let that set while you do the makeup, come back and do the body, like maybe a little highlight, maybe a little body shimmer, maybe a, like a glow lotion, something like that. But when the, the hydration has had time to set in and then also so it won't split with the product you're about to put on top of it. That's a great idea. You know, I think it's good to carry kind of your own little formula with you, whatever that may be, so that you can address head to toe because, um, you know, ladies and guys out there that are doing makeup for weddings, if you're not addressing everything that's being photographed, you're not really giving the client the full service. And this includes like ears. A lot of people don't do the neck um, behind the neck where the hairline is if the mm -hmm, hair is lifted. Mm -hmm. And the ears are yeah. always like red, you know, especially mm -hmm. um, that, that are pink up or that or ears can be really ashy too. So um, mm -hmm. I, I get in there with the makeup. I don't know if you do, but I definitely yeah, do. Totally. <laughs> and also for, for um, skincare too, I'm glad you brought it behind the ears because a lot of times for skincare, that's where people forget too. So we put it on our face. And then maybe if they're good, maybe they do, do put it down their neck and decolletage, but they never go like on the side of their neck and behind their ears. So a lot of times that skin ends up looking a, a little bit crepier and then the skin on the face is tighter, but I, you can always tell that skin right there. So guys and ladies, make sure that you definitely are following through all the way back. And what I do is just to make sure I get everything put on my palm and then literally take my palm and run backwards almost towards like the nape of my hairline and I just kind of let it do like that. I think that's wonderful. Um, you know, one of the things, there's two, two things that people never bring up. Sometimes I will have like a fuller woman that has a, a jowl or a double chin or someone mm -hmm. that's really heavy set and the chin is not exfoliated and there's a lot of blackheads and there's hair and there's dry skin and you're like hi you know everything looks good here but if they lift the chin there's something going on there how can we or even extra like lanugo hair going down the side of the face um that you know needs to be removed so i think like how can i tactfully and easily without making someone feel like why is this, why haven't you looked at this before like yeah. i need to fix this skin issue i need to remove this hair and you know sometimes people say oh i don't want the hair removed it's a cultural thing or it's a religious thing or what's your approach to these things so just say um say and and i'm all, like so i like even when i think when i educate i educate humor just so i can connect with people a little bit better so one thing you can do is say something like you know the funniest thing about makeup is like it covers color but it doesn't cover texture 
I don't know about you, but for me, like when I put my makeup on, especially for me, cause I have sideburns and stuff. So even if you don't just play it off, just say, you know, when I put my makeup over top of my hair on the side of my face, um, hold on about that. <laughs> when I have hair on the side of my face, um, when I put makeup on top of it, you can see it, you can see the hair and you can see the texture through photos when I turn my side of my face, especially because I have a larger, fuller face, so I don't want anything adding to that. I don't, I'm not sure if you're comfortable with it, but what I can do is I can just like minimize a little bit of the texture from the hair or I can leave it, it's totally up to you. But you see how it was like more relatable that way? Yeah, and I think, you know, if people do want to leave the hair, guys, you want to go in the direction of the hair. You don't want to lift it up because it'll look, yes, you know, always. textured. Yeah. <laughs> right, always, so always go, so you want to always go the, the way the hair, right? like you said, the hair grows. You never want to go against, that's where we get ingrown hairs from. Typically, if it's on the side of the face, you can do like this light sweeping with those little blades that you can get. Like again, I not not a huge fan and not a fan of them, but when you're in the city, you need to act quick and think quick and it's for the moment, those are perfect just to take a little bit of that edge off of it. So just take it and lightly graze down the side. If you're doing the mustache, the mustache will be down as well. If you're doing the eyebrows on top, the eyebrows down, you want to lift up the brow to get underneath and you want to go down towards the side. You really want to look at the way the hair is laying and the hair is, that's the way it grows. The hair naturally does its own thing. So kind of pay attention to that and follow suit. And that's, that'll, that'll get you, to, you know, through. That'll make sure you, they have a successful um, application. And one, uh, the, the topic that is, you know, kind of like things that are discussed, but I don't think everybody has a full grasp on the difference between dry skin mm -hmm. and dehydrated skin. I think there, people think there's like a one size fits all and, you know, people, whether you're listening as a makeup artist professional or whether you're a customer, there is a, a clear difference. And I would love for you to discuss both because yeah. I see people that are like, but my skin is so dry and you look at it and you can see your reflection and you're mm -hmm. like, well, there's something else going on there. Right. So well, let's talk about that. Yeah, super simple, and it's a very easy distinction. Your dry skin, so a skin type is something that we were born with, we cannot change. Oily skin, no matter what I do, my skin will never not be oily. Dry skin, no matter what they do, their skin will never not be dry. They can put oils and creams, they can make it feel great, they can affect the layer underneath, and they can try to cause change with the cells that haven't been you know, haven't come up to the surface, but no matter what, they were made to have dry skin. That's what their skin type is. Dehydration is man-made, something we did to ourselves. It's typically environmental or it's water and sleep or the combination of all three. Now, we're preaching to the choir. Nobody gets sleep. I'm a mom of a one and a half year old and water, I think we could all do better. But dehydration <laughs> is, is how it manifests on the skin when, when what's going on inside the body is not adding up, isn't balancing right. So dehydration can be in oily skin. That's why you said somebody can have the, the slick of a literal oil slick on their face and their skin still see, it could see texture from dehydration. They feel tight. There's a, almost a shiny film that is not a healthy shine. It's more of like a dry, dead shine. And of course they mentioned that their skin is dry. So they can have dehydrated skin because it's the condition. That's the condition my skin is in right now. Right now, my skin is dehydrated. Right now, my skin is sunburned. Right now, my skin, you see where I'm going with it? Yes. But again, my skin will never not be dry. It will never not be oily and it will never not be combo. That's what that's what whoever you believe in gave you and that's how you, how you will always be. We can use products and things to affect it, steamers and products and all, but again, that's the way we are. So knowing that, we know why someone can have dehydration on oily skin or why someone can be dry skin, truly a dry skin client, and still on top of that, be dehydrated because that's a whole nother thing too. So to treat the dehydration, your best thing is again, 
like reversing what we did to cause it. More water, more sleep. If you can't do the two of those, more exfoliation. And again, products that your skin likes, be it a gel or a cream or, or that hybrid in between. Now, I have a lot of clients that, you know, they'll come with a skin issue and they want a solution to their problem. We'll offer them that solution. And, you know, a couple weeks in, they're like, it, it, nothing's happening. So, you know, what's your advice to people that, that maybe aren't makeup artists that are consumers? And how long do you need to use a product for you to see results? And, and how consistent do you have to be? Sure. So like in 2019, and I always say this too, because I, I often will freelance here and there in the um, in the environments, like in the retail stores and still with luxury brands, but just to keep my, my hand on consumers and see what's in the stores and what people are buying. But when I'm in the stores, I still run into that. I still run into people saying like, hey, like I've been using this for eons, it's still not working. The two things are, and I hate to be like the bearer of bad news, you're using something that's not working because in 2019 products should be able to work within two weeks, three weeks. You should see something. If we're going for brightening, we should see brightening. If we're going for anti-aging, we should see that. If we're going for anti-hyperpigmentation, we should see that. If we're going for um, whatever it is, anti-scar treatment, then we should see that. Um, if you're using some of the products that are a little bit more consumer friendly, that are very pretty packaging, um, that have a lot of influences around them that may have like, um, a lot of marketing hype around them and only because I have a degree in marketing comm so I know like the psyche behind it um, <laughs> then you're gonna not you're gonna get a product that's gonna keep you hanging on just enough so it's gonna maybe show you a little bit of change but not enough for you to go through a whole jar and then never use it again they kind of keep you on the hook um, I have one brand that I love that's an anti-aging that talks to me knows I love the brand and also a good for brand it's a little bit more pricey, but you can buy it at QVC. You can do the monthly payment thing. Their products are amazing and they work. So for me, I'll carry a Paracone serum that has, uh, they have one that mixes vitamin C and anti-aging, and that can address everything a client would need. So I can do that after my exfoliation, before my moisturizer, and I'm good to go. Um, or if I'm recommending something, it typically, if it's going to be a treatment product, it's from that line. If it's just a product that they want, just a nice cleanser. I like Aveda. I like Shiseido cleansers a lot. Um, but the whole drunk elephant tatcha, all that stuff, it's nice, cute, but it doesn't work. And the products have a lot of alcohol and adverse things to the skin where products should be like actually helping the skin. So you got to just with your food, read these labels, man, because your top five ingredients are what the product is comprised of. So if you see a bunch of different alcohols, it's okay to have alcohol because there's fatty alcohols. They're actually hydrating. They exist. Um, but, you know, most of them are not. Most of them are used to kind of make the product last, be a little bit more shelf stable. It's actually a stabilizer. So be careful when you're doing that. Um, like I said, my highest recommendation is Paracone. Um, I don't work for them. I just, I really like the product. Um, and like I said, for cleansers and just normal everyday out and about, I love Aveda stuff. I'm either supernatural, like I picked it and made it myself, or really treatment that's still gentle on the skin. But the middle is just weird to me. The Estee Lauders, the long combs, the, all that stuff is nice. It's heritage, it's great, but it doesn't work. Um, so, now, you know, in a nutshell, make sure we use products at work. And then also, um, you should give it time, but it doesn't need to be a whole, you know, again, 90 days, a whole a year and all that. No. Now, you had mentioned um, marketing. So uh, one of the things I think people get really con confused, if you're a newer artist or if you're a younger artist and you are being kind of influenced by the things you're seeing on Instagram, on Facebook, online, um, and they're being sold to you by someone in your age group, now, what about the mature skin? What about someone like myself who's 46 and people that I'm working on that are maybe in their 60s or 70s? I feel like I can't just use one universal cream 
Um, just like you wouldn't want, you know, <clears throat> use one universal foundation. Do you have brands that you like to use for people that are, have mature skin? Yeah, I, um, I, I you, you know, I think like Paracone. The funny thing about Paracone is most young people won't use it because they think it's for older people. And what I'm trying to tell them is like, no, girl, you need to start as soon as possible. Like, <laughs> you need to start this now, you know? Um, but no, Paracol, absolutely. And it is funny because typically you wouldn't be able to have a one size fit all. I know that the, so we're going to, addressing just the skin type, the, the, the way that the serum, I'm thinking about it, it's called a mean brightening facelift. So it's 50% hydration, um, 50% brightening, 50% anti-aging. That will take care of any woman or man in your chair because whether they have hyperpigmentation that they need to break up, whether they have an eye serum, they need an eye serum, they need a face serum, they need a um, anti-aging face cream. That anti-aging serum that's mixed with the brightening serum is literally going to address all of it. I mean will will be the one product that you can address it all with but if you're looking for some other products to kind of change up things if you're a product junkie if you like to add stuff to it um i do like in terms of anti-aging i like um elizabeth arden provage again typically just paracone and provage and i try everything in the market i definitely stay open-minded try and buy a lot sample a lot um get gifted a lot with stuff but i can't say that the two of those for an anything above the two of those for anti-aging have worked better than them um, in terms of just normal everyday care, like yeah. I said, Beta's great, Neutrogena's great, Garnier's great, L'Oreal's great. Um, uh, that's pretty much yeah, <laughs> the Beta. That's really, and I hate to say it because there's a million different brands out there. Um, but you know, Dermalogic's cool, but again, lots of alcohol. Um, Mirad, full of alcohol. Um, you know, so I can't really wholeheartedly say anything outside of those brands that I that I mentioned. With those brands, it's like absolutely anything from the line is going to be great. It's going to be a life changer, a game changer. Like you're going to see change. Your friends will see change. Like I've used it. My mama uses it. You know, like <laughs> I know that I can back for and vouch for those who they were. Um, now you hasn't worked that way. Mm -hmm. Now you are a busy esthetician, makeup artist, marketing expert, and a mom. So when you know, let's kind of switch out of the the skincare for a second. But have having you do all of these things and doing them so well, how are you balancing being a mom and you know getting your hands on these new products and yeah. servicing clients and and also giving yourself time to totally. recoup how do you do it yeah so i would say with just like i listen to music a lot um i listen to the spa music station a lot be it morning or night um i listen to like the french cooking music station i like international music a lot something that sounds good and soothing that i can work to either um sleep to do some work to do some cooking to just you know zone out to um i would definitely say making time for you whatever that is so like i like to cook i like to um be out outdoors um you know, I like to travel, I like to read travel blogs. So whatever it is, I like to turn the page of books. So if you like books or whatever it is, just find time to do that. Also, I use my calendar on my phone a lot. That scheduling everything out really helps to balance and really see just how much time you do have in a day. Yeah, I think that's really important for a lot of people because, you know, they might hear like, wow, you know, she's doing so many things and she has a family. I don't know if I could do all that. And I think scheduling and, and making sure that you're taking time for yourself because, you know, we all have to kind of step away from the industry at least for one day a week to say like, I'm not going to talk about makeup today, not going to talk about products today. I want to spend time with family or do something just for myself. So it's mm -hmm. great that, that you can do all of those things, but yet still balance it all. Yeah, and I will say anyone can do that yourself than that. Because, like, the thing about it is, is, like, 
people that do a lot in a day are no different than people that don't. I think they make a conscious decision and like maybe they say, okay, you know, I'm willing to lose a lose a little bit of sleep or I'm willing to lose out on social time or heck, I don't know the new shows or nothing. So don't ask me about what's going on and what show. Don't ask me <laughs> to catch up with you on anything. I'll definitely sit in on the conversation, but I don't have much to add. And it's not because I think, you know, that's a waste of time, but it's because I think I put my time to use other other ways so maybe I don't have time for some of those other things so just think about it in terms of like not like a sacrifice but like what could you be willing to like shave a little bit off to be able to take some more and have time to put towards something else so in 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 theory what could you take a little off on the left to put towards the right you know um and just a conscious decision and doesn't have to be anything overwhelming um immediately just do something little every day like you know wake up 10 minutes earlier until that becomes 30 minutes to an hour then you know, all of a sudden you have an extra hour in your day and then take that hour and do something peaceful or meaningful or stretch, you know, getting older. I think we all don't stretch. Like sit, sit your body down on the floor and like just stretch, listen to some music or have silence, open the window and just, just be with you, just be alone and just let it be quiet. Let your mind be quiet. So whatever that is, it doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to be the most expensive spa treatment. Just get into the mood with the spa music and do something in your own house. I love that. I think that's really important for everyone to know. And 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 lastly, before we wrap up everything, for someone out there that might be considering a career in skin, makeup, marketing, all the things that you do and do so well, um, what could you offer out there? I know there's a lot of young women out there that might not feel that you know, college is, uh, traditional college would be right for them. It wasn't right for me. But what kind of advice can you offer someone that might be considering going into uh, the beauty industry such as yourself? Right on the head. Just because a traditional four-year school or two-year school may not be for you doesn't mean that you don't need to take upon some sort of like training or something in your field. So I know, Erica, you give classes, attending one of your classes. You know, again, like maybe you're like me. I had no interest in skin whatsoever until I sat and I heard the owner of the school tell me about what the aesthetics course entailed and what an esthetician does and what and who they are. And I fell in love before my first course because I was like, wow, that's that's pretty deep. Like, that's actually what I do like. So maybe you go seek out something like a higher training for something. Maybe for me, I, I do skin and 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 makeup, but you know, I can color hair, but I can't cut hair and I can care for hair because I know the scalp, but I can't necessarily do the growth not the best wedding makeup uh, hairstylist maybe I need to think about cosmetology school in terms of hair like so whatever it is trying to like one up whatever wherever you're at and like trying to one up that with some sort of education because that's never going to hurt no matter where you get it from and no matter who you get it from what you get in education is always a good thing so education first and I'm always say that and then outside of that, really trying to sit back and figure out what you like. Like might, maybe you write, write a list on the left of things that you really know that you're into. Doesn't have to be a career. Doesn't have to be a you know lawyer, doctor, whatever. It could be like, hey, I like to play piano. I like to plant grass. I like to, you know, cut <laughs> to, cut tomatoes. I like whatever it is. Like whatever things you like to do. And on the right, put things that you know that no matter what amount of money, you just would not be happy doing it. And you just know that you couldn't do it for the rest of your life. Put that on the right hand side. And again, not a specific job. For me, doing the same thing every day, being in the same environment every day, working the same schedule every day, parking in the same parking spot. Those are things that I can't do. So again, on the left and right, and then take that stuff on the left and really look into opportunities that can use those skills. Like somebody needs somebody. I know I'm simple, oversimplifying it, but someone needs somebody that chops really finely in a uniform way. And someone needs someone that can mix the hell out of a color without looking at a formula. And you know, someone, so they need, someone needs those skills that you have, those very skills that you have. So needs so making sure you're marketing yourself and accordingly making sure again you get 
you get some sort of training behind it so that you're not just saying, oh, I do this, and then you have no training or anything behind it. Something substantial to stand on. And then really going to work, putting your nose to the dirt and working, practicing, you know, when maybe your friends are doing other things. Again, there goes that sacrifice. Maybe you don't have time to go out and do stuff. Maybe you are, you know, looking into classes. Maybe you're researching things. Maybe you are just tra- practicing on somebody. Maybe you buy, buy a mannequin. And for me, talking to myself, maybe I buy a mannequin hand and start working with, like, learning how to do pin curls. That's my nemesis, but that's what I really need to learn how to do. And the truth is, that's what most wedding styles require are pin curls. So, again, knowing that about myself, that's just a, you know, me being mature enough to take the step to say, okay, Vivian, like, what's going to take you to the next? level is like doing something that you have no idea how to do but you know your clients are asking for every day <laughs> so thank you, you know. so much, Vivian for your insight and your tips and you know your very candid um, approach to this industry because I think it's going to help a lot of people that are intimidated to ask the question uh, for fear of not knowing the answer but you make it sound so easy and approachable so I really appreciate you spending time with makeup is the foundation today Thank you so much, Erica, for having me. And I really enjoyed being on your show. Good luck with everything. And good luck to all of your listeners. You guys are going to rock it. Believe in yourself. You got this. Thank you, Vivian. And thank you, everyone, for joining uh, today's podcast. Join me for my next episode where we talk about makeup, hair, skin, wardrobe, styling, life, and everything else. Have a great day.